Welcome to the Andy Griffin Show, the number one talk show in St. George, starring Andy Griffin. Happy Thursday. Happy tax day. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No tax day? No, no tax day. They postponed tax day till May 17th. So if you're worried about your taxes, you can take a few weeks off still before you have to get those things in, whether you're paying it. That also means, you you know, if you wait, you're not going to get money back if you, in fact, are owed money. So just something to be aware of. Today is supposed to be tax day. It's not. May 17th is our new tax day here in the United States of America. Uh, I'm Andy Griffin. Thanks for tuning in today. It is Mayor Thursday. Mayor Chris Hart will be joining me shortly. Uh, he had a little delay in getting here, but he'll be here uh, before too long. Uh, give me a chance, though, to talk about a couple of things that uh, have come across the news desk today. Plus, uh, a reminder, some cool stuff going on. Uh, it is Kite Festival weekend, so if you have a kid or a grandkid who's been reading hard to earn that kite, uh, yeah, take them out there and uh, and uh, you'll get your kite and you'll get to, you know, get some awards for reading. I, I like it. It's a great deal. It's been around for since my kids were in elementary school, so like 20 years. So uh, very cool uh, kite festival going on. And of course, the Washington County Fair is taking place right now, even as we speak. No, it starts at 2 o'clock actually this afternoon, but uh, it'll be day two. It's Military Appreciation Day at the Washington County Fair. Uh, I encourage you to go out there. Uh, some really cool stuff. Uh, there's nothing like fair food. Honestly, there's nothing like fair food. Uh, I'm going to be there. I'm actually waiting till Saturday morning. I'm going to go out Saturday uh, and uh, they actually have, uh, for, I don't know how I got this gig, and I'm told it's not as glamorous as you might think, but uh, Allie Hamlin and I will be judges in the cookie baking contest. Uh, now, the story goes, uh, Mikey from Over a Bee, he works for Cherry Creek here, uh, Mikey was last year's cookie contest judge, and uh, apparently Mikey thought, being a cookie judge would be the coolest thing in the world. You just get to eat all the cookies you can eat, right? So they start bringing the cookies out. They bring them out one at a time, and you have this little chart you fill out on what you think, the color, uh, texture, taste, etc. It's a 90-point or 100-point scale. The biggest, you get 20 of the points go to flavor, which is I think is, is weighted correctly. But Mikey gets his first couple of cookies and downs them and gives them good scores and gets third, fourth, fifth, sixth cookie, eats the whole cookie. Uh, some of them are big, mind you. Mid, uh, love and life. He gets to cookie, you know, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. And uh, at this point, Mikey is loving it, but he's feeling a little bit full. And so uh, Mikey, <laughs> Mikey's like, okay, well, I'm, you know, I'm 11, 12 cookies into this. I'm feeling a little bit full. Uh, maybe at this point I can, uh, maybe at this point, I can slow down a little bit. There's probably not that many left anyway. So Mikey got a hold of one of the officials and he said, Hey, uh, I'm starting to fill up a little bit. What, where are we at cookie wise? We got, what do we got left of 10, 12 cookies? Uh, the judge told him they had 80 something cookies left to judge. So Mikey, who was full at this point after having eaten breakfast and then going to the contest and snarking down 11 or 12 cookies, realizes he's in a little bit of trouble. So he starts taking just one bite of the cookies because he still wants to do his job correctly. Takes one bite, 
and he does that for about another 30 or 40 cookies. Now, again, one bite is maybe one-fifth of a cookie, right? One-sixth of a cookie. So you multiply that and down into 30. That's, that's like eating, you know, five, six full cookies uh, more. He's at this point starting to turn green and not feeling really good about life. And again, uh, they get they, they, he got another thirty or forty cookies to go. Anyway, long story short, maybe it's too late for that. But long story short, Mikey did not volunteer to be the cookie judge this year at the county fair because uh, he was uh, he received a great deal of gastric distress last year judging the cookies. So uh, the moral of the story is uh, a good thing is good until you have too much of a good thing, and then a good thing can be very. Very bad. Speaking of good things, he's here, Mayor Chris Hart from Ivan City. What's going on, Mayor? Good morning, Andy. How are you? Thank you for coming in today. It's good to My see pleasure. you. My pleasure. Yeah, yeah. Life is good out there in, in Ivan's? Life is great in Ivan's. One thing that I, that is really very noticeable here at the radio station uh, is that Tuacon is back to Tuacon. Uh, it's, you know, it, it, it was scaled back for a while, closed for a little while, then scaled back for a little while, part-time shows and, and, and capacity reduced. But Tuacon is back and putting on concerts and plays and stuff. And boy, that is good to see. Yeah, it's wonderful to see. They, they've worked so hard, Andy, to put together protocols, you know, that, um, that would be satisfactory to the Actors Guild mm-hmm. and uh, to the concert performers and so forth. And um, you know, I think they've proven that, that they're kind of the leader of the pack when it comes to trying to work their way through the, the tail end of this, uh, this COVID mess. And, um, yeah, it's, it's great. I, I happen to live right off Tuacon Drive, and so my heart just jumps when I see all the traffic going back and forth to an event up there. They've, they've got their full uh, Broadway in the Desert um, series put together, and mm-hmm. they're, they're in rehearsals now, I think, for that. So between that and the concert series, I think they're going to have a, as big or bigger a year than they ever have had. I think indications are that people want to get out and do something. They're, they're so tired of being cooped up. And, you know, I was in the Washington County Fair Parade yesterday. And biggest crowd I've ever seen at a, at a fair parade. Uh, people were, I mean, the, the streets were so full that we barely had room to get our vehicles through the parade out route because there were people everywhere. Thanks for throwing candy to my grandkids. Oh, yeah, you bet. <laughs> were you there or just they were there? No, my family was there. I couldn't okay. make it. Yeah, it, it was a great event. But, yeah, I think that's a clear indication. I think every one of these things is a clear indication that people are ready to start getting back to normal. Is that a good word? Normal life. Well, you know, to the extent that uh, regulations will, will let us get back to normal, uh, sure. our city hall, for example, uh, as a as a um, governmental building is still under a, a mask order, at least for another uh, two or three weeks. We'll see what happens after that. Um, lots of folks have, have had the vaccinations. I have, as a matter of fact. So have I. And yeah. um, so I, I basically feel like, okay, I can't give, I can't get. <laughs> yeah. And yet, uh, and yet I'll put the mask on, uh, you know, out of a sense of duty when I, when I go in city hall, but there's no way I'm giving it or, or handing it off to any, uh, anybody else? Yeah, I'm, I'm going on a trip next Friday. I'm going to be on an airplane for the first time since COVID. Yeah. And, and it's going to be an issue because you are right now still required to wear a mask every second that you're on that airplane. And mm-hmm. So it's going to be interesting to see how people handle it. It seems like all the time we're seeing videos of some, you know, somebody doesn't want to wear a mask or some little kid didn't wear a mask and people are freaking out and stuff like that. So it's going to be an interesting experience. 
Yeah, and I'll bet you it's going to be interesting for many months to come, Andy. You know, you have a you have a, a group of people who who are not convinced that the uh, that the vaccination is safe, so they're they're uh, not inclined to go and get that. Yeah. Um, and um, I don't know how you identify who's had it and who hasn't. You know, there's no there's no uh, blue mark on your forehead that shows up. You know, once you get it, or so, a star on our belly. Yeah, like nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I was suggesting they they hand out the little. A little decal like they did when you when you went to vote, and they put the little sticker on your lapel. You know, put a V on there for yeah. vaccine. I, you know, it, it's a weird thing because on the one hand, you want you want to be able to do stuff, and therefore, if you've been vaccinated, you should be able to say, "Hey, I want to do stuff." At the same time, you know, Sean Hannity was railing about this earlier. Is it's none of other people's business whether you've been vaccinated or not. It's right. a it's a health thing. And, uh, you know, and you, you, you really, you know, shouldn't have to advertise it. Certainly, certainly shouldn't, somebody shouldn't come up to you and say, you show me your card or you tell me whether or not you have, because that's, you know, that's taken away our, our rights, really. You know, a high percentage, Andy, of the, uh, the most vulnerable population have had the vaccine now. Yeah. It's, it's really quite available now that no one who wants to have it should have any problem getting scheduled in uh, to receive it. I mean, there you know the complications with the the Johnson and Johnson vaccine and so forth. That's been taken down for the time being, and so there, it, it's still kind of a of an odd environment out there. Yeah. But uh, I think the fact that that those who were most inclined to end up hospitalized as a result of COVID have had the opportunity at least to to be vaccinated, and uh, as of um, Tuesday, the report was that the hospital did not have uh, a single a single COVID patient in in the ICU. That's right. that's tremendous news, because of course that's been the big fear all along. It's overwhelming the hospital, and they they did go through a period not many months ago, where they had uh, more COVID patients than than they had uh, beds to accommodate. Yeah. So it's a it's a great turnaround. I'm thrilled to see see it uh, going the way it is. For sure, I'm I'm with you on that one, and uh, hopefully the trend continues. There have been some surges around the country. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with new strains and, and things like that. But uh, from, from all reports so far is the new strains are still still don't don't work against the vaccines. So the vaccines are doing their job, number one. Yeah. And then number two, some of those strains are, are, for, are in places where people are kind of anti-vaccine, anti, you know, uh, uh, letting modern medicine help them. So yeah. and we also are finding some new treatments, better treatments for people if you do get it as well yes that's true i've heard of several um the i think one of the interesting things is that as the vaccine became uh, more available to uh younger demographics uh they discovered and i think they were actually anticipating that uh, a lower percentage of those you know under 55 were going to be inclined to get vaccinated uh, because they they had a much less likely uh, outcome of of being yeah. hospitalized or or dying from it. Yeah, and uh, I mean I've had uh, younger family members who have who have uh, tested positive and gone through it, and uh, really just didn't have any uh, symptoms to speak of. So I think uh, a lot of the younger folks see it as not being a real threat. You know that they'd almost rather just get it and have it over with <laughs> than, yeah. Yeah. than to worry about it. Although there's a lot of people I know who did who got it and say you don't want this. So no, it, I agree it with you. Feel good. <laughs> yes, I've had far far more uh, you know personal friends and contacts who who had uh, who shared that experience than those who said that uh, it was kind of light duty for them. 
Now let's, uh, and we're talking with Mayor Chris Hart from Ivan's. If you have a question for him or you just want to talk uh, with us here on the program at 673-5890. I also grabbing my uh, text line phone, 435-467-5842, if you want to reach us by text. Or you can email me, agriffin at cherrycreekmedia.com. I'll get, or I'll get my email page all, call, all uh, called up and ready to go as well. Uh, but uh, you know, let's talk a little bit, if you don't mind, about that Johnson & Johnson thing. Mayor, I... I love numbers. I love statistics. Uh, and, and when I hear that 7 million doses have been administered of the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, and there are six people who experience blood clots that may or may not actually be related to it, I'm really confused why they would shut the program down or pause it, I guess is the word they're using, uh, over 6 out of 7 million. That's, that means you have a 1 in 1.165 million chance of, of having a blood clot problem if, in fact, they even establish that that's why they got it. Yeah. I don't get but, it. Well, I think the fact that the vaccines came online so quickly, mm-hmm. uh, the perception is that there wasn't enough testing time out there, you know, that, that yeah. they, didn't, they didn't conduct uh, uh, enough trials with, uh, on humans. So I think they're just being extraordinarily cautious. But, but yeah, you are, a, you are a statistician. Listen to those numbers. <laughs> I love that stuff. And, and to me, numbers, you know, there's an old saying in sorts, numbers lie. And, and, you know, you can twist them and say, well, he did this and, and he, you know, a guy hits 190 in, in baseball and he hits a game-winning home run, you know, and, okay, see the numbers lied. Well, no, because eventually they all average out, in my, in my opinion. And, and so for, for that number to be so incredibly low is, is like, why, why would you pause a potential life-saving vaccine? Uh, I mean, there's people out there that won't take the other vaccines. I'm doing Johnson and Johnson. That's it. One dose. I'm done. Yeah. And, 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 you know, they're not able to get it right now. And it, it confuses me, I guess, is, is my whole thing. Yeah, I wish I had an answer for you. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't ask me. No, me neither. Me neither. I just get to get on the radio and talk about it and, and uh, rattle my saber, as they say. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Mayor Chris Hart from Ivan's uh, you know, Tuacon, uh, one thing that we, we went away from Tuacon, I wanted to get back to it real quick. There are two concerts this weekend, folks. And if you think, well, we got tribute bands and stuff like that. Yeah, there's some of that. But first of all, the tribute bands that I've seen, the, you know, the Tom Petty one, the Free Fallen one, uh, the Carpenters one were incredible. But besides that, uh, let's see. Tomorrow night, Marie Osmond. No, not a Marie Osmond looking like or sounding like the Marie Osmond. I know, isn't that in great? concert. Uh, and then Saturday night, Oak Ridge Boys. Now I, you know, I don't know. In the '80s, you're a little older than me, so you were you're already into adulthood in the '80s. But when when Elvira came out in 1982, it was epic. It it crossed over into pop charts. It was this song that everyone could sing along to. I everyone I knew was walking around going um papa um papa mau mau. You know what I mean? I mean it was it, it was crazy. And and so those guys are in concert on Saturday and. Uh, to me, this is this is a tribute to the people of Tuacon, what they're trying to do. They're trying to help repair our society. They're giving us something to do to take our minds off what has been the last year. Yeah. And I love them for it. Um, I, I just, uh, and you talk about the tribute bands. I agree with you. The ones that I've seen, they probably sound better than the actual band would right now. At this point, <laughs> at this point yeah, you're right. So they've been a lot of fun to, to, to see. But um, Tuacon has, like I say, has taken the lead in trying to create conditions 
that allow for these performers uh, to to feel safe on stage and so forth. And I think that uh, the that the reason that uh, Tuacon has got so much going on is at least in part that these performers have been going through this same thing too, Andy, right? Right, right. So they've been stuck at home and and virtual everything. And I think that uh, they're just chomping at the bit to get out and entertain people. So I, I not only think that we're going to have a, 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 a large number of great concerts there, but these, these performers are going to be ready to just lay it out. Yeah, yeah. I, I know for a fact Marie Osmond's concert is sold out. Now, you need to know somebody pretty powerful if you're still going to get into that thing right now and you don't have a ticket. And I'm pretty sure, I think I heard the Oak Ridge Boys sold out as well. So Oh, I'm sure. I had Richard Sturbin on my show. He's the he's the deep-voiced guy in, on Oak Ridge Boys. He, he called in yesterday and was part of the show. And he addressed exactly what you're talking about. And not only have we not been able to go to concerts, but these people who rely on this stuff to make a living haven't been able to put on concerts. Right. I know many a musician, I have friends with you know, local musicians, and they're like, this has been hard. I, I, he says, my, my source of income, uh, these, a couple of people have said, my source of income dried up. It was gone uh, because people didn't want concerts. We couldn't do concerts. They couldn't go to concerts. Yeah. And, and he said, they've, they've told me, they said, look, I, I had to go get a real job. And <laughs> I don't want to feel bad for him. You've got to go to work. But still, I mean, when you've devoted your life to music and, and, and performing and making money doing that, but also making people happy, that's tough. Yeah. And I think acting's a, a tough gig, mm-hmm. even in good times, right? Yeah. So uh, to, to have no opportunity to go and, and uh, display your, your craft is tough, I bet. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, all right, uh, six seven three five eight ninety. If you want to call and be a part of the program, it's Mayor Thursday. Chris Hart from Ivans is with me. Uh, Chris, uh, the craziness right now of what's going on in Washington County—not just Washington County, but I think uh, focused intensely here in Washington County—is uh, the values of, of property. Is, is is you know it's the old law of uh, supply and demand. There's very little supply of houses to buy, and therefore the value of houses. Uh, is is going nuts. In fact, I just uh, Jeremy Larkin was on, just did his show, and, and we were talking about Zestimate or Z estimate that where you know they, they the big Zillow thing online and yes. they, they estimate what your house is worth, uh, and and across the board, every single house has gained in value based on Zestimates. I did mine. I bought my house two years ago. I'm not going to say the exact price, but I can tell you the Zestimate right now is a hundred and twenty seven thousand dollars more than what I paid. Two years ago, Mayor, it's it's nuts. Which makes you want to put a for sale sign out in your front yard. Kind of, yeah. The, the problem is when you sell your house and you go looking for a replacement, yeah. <laughs> you're faced with yeah. the same dilemma. As a developer, uh, you know, and, and I don't know how active you are still developing right now. Are you still doing it or are you kind of retired? Uh, from the development side of things, yes. Uh, we, we've, uh, we've sold off our lot, last lots. Okay. But I'm still active uh, in construction, still building custom homes. In fact, right. have a number of them uh, going right now, which at my age is, uh, is kind, of, kind of fun. And, uh, yeah. so, but yes, well, and, and part of, part of the, uh, the impact we're feeling out there, Andy, is that the cost of materials and labor just continues to escalate. Right. And so um, anything that was built uh, even as recently as a year or two ago would, uh, would cost significantly more to, to replace at this moment in time. In fact, 
we are uh, we're in the process of building a, a replacement city hall in Ivans. We outgrew our our old city hall. Right, we've talked about it. Yeah, yeah and we're going to convert that into a, a law enforcement building for our police force. But the the replacement city hall, I was we had a meeting with the contractor uh, just yesterday, and he told me that if we were bidding that building today rather than a year ago when when we contracted it that it would cost nearly a million dollars more wow. uh, to, uh, to build. So um, that's a, that is a really worrisome thing because the affordability of housing is a problem nationwide. But, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's really a, a precipitous thing here in, in Washington County. Uh, folks that, that, are, that are moving here for um, taking jobs as police officers and, and nurses and whatnot uh, are struggling to find housing that that is affordable to them, and then then you have the, the the population that that qualifies for you know moderate income or or worse yet lo- low income, and the housing uh, opportunities and availability for for that demographic is um, is pretty scarce. I was uh, yesterday I attended St. George Area Chamber of Commerce. They had Wes Davis uh, speak. I don't know if you know Wes. He's uh-huh. a NAI Excel. Uh, right. He's kind of an expert on realty. Uh, here in town, and uh, he he uh, brought some numbers that were staggering. Uh, office space availability in Washington County, uh, 3.4%. So 96.6% of offices are rented, are full right now. Don't you find that interesting, Andy, yeah. in light of the fact that so many people are now working from home? Yeah. I mean, the, the big rub was that, that office space was just going to be plentiful because uh, nobody would be using them. But here... We're just on this growth path that is uh, that's filling everything up. Industrial space in Washington County, ninety-eight point five percent is currently occupied. Yeah, and and they consider ninety-eight percent full. So we're over full apparently in industrial. Uh, let's see, uh, there were a couple others that were just stunning to me. Uh, retail, uh, and and this is this the, the the number here was really crazy to me. He said it used to be somebody would come in, and you probably know this. And build a, let's say, a strip mall. They build a bunch of uh, storefronts or, or whatever, and then they would get people to rent those storefronts. He says they don't do that anymore. Instead, people are building their own buildings, and therefore there's nothing to rent because they they built it for themselves. Oh, uh-huh. And he says he says uh, 100% now of the new retail spaces are being built not as a rental, but being built as the the people that built them are the ones that. Uh, are going to occupy them. Yeah, well, it's just 100%. further evidence of uh, the growth that's occurring in the county, isn't it? It is. Multifamily homes uh, occupancy, uh, 97.6 right now, multifamily apartments, basically. Uh, in, in, uh, in, let's see, hotel rooms, are, well, I don't have the number on that, but the, the numbers are just, are just staggering. Uh, last week, Jeremy Larkin got on and talked about the fact that in real estate, uh, there are approximately 2,700 realtors, uh, uh, licensed real estate agents in Washington County. There are about 200 and, I don't know, 70 homes available right now for sale. <laughs> uh, let's see. That's one. That's crazy. Every, every nine houses, there's nine realtors. Every house, there's nine realtors that want to sell it. That is nuts. Well, we've been discovered, Andy. People are coming from all over the country. Uh, there are cities out there that have felt, I think, a little like prison camps, you know, over the last year. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, and we've, we're kind of reaping the, I don't know if you want to call it benefit or what, but we're certainly um, uh, 
experience, experiencing a lot of growth as a result of people wanting to leave um, other areas. Do, do we, well, I got to take a break. I get a weather break in. Uh, I want to ask the mayor, though, is, is there something we can or even should do about the situation? We'll uh, talk more with Mayor Chris Hart from Ivan City. Take your phone calls and some of your texts. Got a couple of texts coming across. We'll get to those in just a second. Hi, and thanks for tuning in to the Andy Griffin Show today. It's 936. I've got Mayor Chris Hart with me from Ivan City. Mayor, how are you today? Good. I'm doing well, thank you, Andy. Doing all right. And you? Yeah, no, it's, I'm, I'm great. It's great to have you here. Thank are you, you going to get out to the fair this uh, this weekend at all? Yes, you bet. Yeah. Go out there. Is there a part of the fair that you particularly enjoy? Well, um, the... Uh, Royalty from each of the cities oh, yeah, yeah. Um, are, have a, a showcase where they perform their, their talents this coming Saturday, I believe, at 6 o'clock. Really? For, uh-huh, for sure yeah. I want to get out to that because we have just tremendous young ladies that, um, that uh, represent our city, and, um, and I'm sure that's the case in, in all of the other cities. It's quite impressive how talented these, these young ladies are at, the, at their ages. And uh, so that's a lot of fun. Um, my, my grandkids love the, um, love the demolition derby. We went, yeah. we went to last year, last year, was there one last year? Anyway, the, the last time they had one, we yeah. went and, uh, and had a blast. So we may, we may find ourselves in, in the bleachers for that. And otherwise, uh, it's just a fun, fun environment. Um, the, the animal showcase out there, I think, uh, I think I had oh, three or four of my grandchildren with me last year. And I bet we spent two hours in there, the little petting zoo and so forth. So it's a lot of fun. Yeah, love, love the Demolition Derby. A few years ago, Mayor, I uh, was assigned to cover it. I was a sports editor of a, of a local, one of the local uh, websites. And uh, they said, well, we want you to cover it. Cover every heat, cover all. Well, it rained cats and dogs. In fact, we had lightning. They had to clear the stands for a little while. And then they brought people back in. Oh. It just kept raining. And, and that, the uh, whole infield there where they do the, you know, the, do the, the races and stuff was, was just a mud bog. And you would think that would make for a great atmosphere for a demolition derby. Problem is, it was so muddy, nobody could get up to speed to really crash into each other very well. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and, and, of course, I'm sitting there trying to take notes with my notepad in the rain. That doesn't really work very well. And uh, bottom line, it was a lot of fun. And, but, uh, yeah, the cars weren't as crashed as you might think because of the mud. So Darn. That's it, why you go. I know, seriously. But, but it was fun. Uh, yeah, so County Fair starts 2 o'clock today. It started at 6 o'clock. Last night was family night. Today is Military Appreciation Day. If, if you're a member of the uh, military or former member of the military, yes. you can get in free. So cool deal there. I, it's, it's like 2 bucks a person anyway, so it's not like it's really a, a tough sell right. to go out there. So, uh, and a lot, they've got live music. They've got a beer garden, if that's your sort of thing. Um, and uh, like, like Mayor, so they've got all kinds of shows and stuff. And it's, it can be, so a talent show with the, uh, with the royalty is Saturday mm-hmm. night. Yeah. Okay. I think from all the cities. Very cool. And I, I don't know if you heard it. I was telling the story about the judging the cookies contest yeah. <laughs> on Saturday morning. That doesn't sound like a bad job, but maybe after 60 cookies it is. Yeah, I, I think when you get up over 100, I think at, at a certain point you're like, I don't think I want any more. So, <laughs> and uh, my, my wife will know after Saturday morning the uh, Oreos will be safe. She doesn't have to hide them anymore. So anyway, uh, we're talking with Mayor Hart. We're talking about the explosive growth uh is is this a problem that's going to have a crash in your mind? And and uh, if it's a problem, I mean, obviously there's some problems inherent to it. Should we be doing something about it, or, or can we just ride the wave like you know, like we're out in the ocean? 
That's a complicated, it's a more complicated question than you might think, Andy, because um, property owners uh, have the right to sell their land to develop, to developers or develop it themselves. And so uh, the cities, unless, unless there is uh, some um, lack of availability of, of services, for example, um, if, if uh, the water crisis reached a point where, where the water district could no longer service any, any additional residences or, or, or businesses, uh, that would be cause for, uh, for ours and other cities to put a hold on, on issuing building permits. But um, until, until somebody uh, flips the switch and says uh, we, we can't do anymore, that it's going to be it's going to happen as market dictates, right? Yeah. Uh, and so uh, any any land that's available for development, uh, not only in Ivans but anywhere in the county, um, will uh, will likely eventually be be sold and uh, plats created and brought in for approval and so forth. And once uh, once that final plat is approved, then uh, then uh, buyers have have the right to um, acquire homes in in those developments and so forth. So there's there's kind of no stopping it, uh, except under under certain conditions, mostly related to to the unavail- uh, unavailability of of, uh, of services. Do you feel like um, that uh, as you as you look as uh, I mean, one of your jobs as mayor is big picture guy, right? right. I mean, you, you can't just look at now. You have to look at what it might like be like in six months or a year or five years or even ten years. Uh, have you had to scrap all of everything you thought it was going to be because of what's happened in the last uh, last year or so? Not really scrap, but there's no question that the rate at which uh, absorption is occurring hmm. uh, is accelerated. And so what we were planning to have to accommodate five or ten years from now, we're having to look at accommodating in, in three or three to five years, for example. Right. And so... Um, uh, the, our road systems, which uh, are reliant on development, you know, building roads as as uh, it occurs uh, across the city. Uh, some some of your transportation routes can get a little crowded uh, during that process, you know, that time frame uh, within which development occurs. Um, certainly, trying to uh, trying to keep storage facilities uh, adequate for for water, for example, uh, and keeping the other city services. Uh, capable, you know, the capacity uh, at, at, at a level that uh, will accommodate uh, all of this uh, future, all of this current growth and future growth is, is really the big challenge for the cities. Do you have, a, what would you say percentage-wise, or do you have a lot of what we call snowbirds, people that have a, a, a part-time home in your city? Yes, we don't have an exact number there. But we're estimating that it's between 25 and 30 wow. percent of, of the homes in, in Ivans are used as, as second homes. Now, um, they do show up differently on the tax rolls, meaning right. someone has a primary residence elsewhere. And, and we could actually get that number fairly precise if, uh, if we explored it thoroughly. But, but that's the estimate anyway. And so um, we have a lot of folks that uh, about this time of year are making the migration to, <laughs> you know, cooler climates. Yeah. Uh, but. It, we 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 as a city um, base our planning on on the idea that we're going to have to provide services for at least part of the year for uh, another roughly twenty five hundred people, wow. other than our 
our current residents, uh, full-time residents, which is about 9,000 at this point. Wes, Wes Davis, NAI XL guy, was saying yesterday that uh, in Washington County on certain weekends of the year, for instance, uh, you know, President's Day, things like the Art Fair, uh, Easter, uh, the county swells, well, the city, no, the county, the county swells about 35,000, they estimate, more people are in the county on some of those weekends than actually reside here full-time. Uh, I'm wondering, does does that, do you feel that? I, I mean, I know you feel it when you're driving around town, but when you're in Ivan sitting in your house or sitting in your neighborhood, do you feel that? Is, does, does that affect you as well? Well, I think I think we feel it the same way you do, Andy. Um, uh, we decide we're not going to bother to try and go out to dinner uh-huh. on those weekends. <laughs> Truth right there. But, yep. you know, uh, it's it's illustrative to think back, oh, five years or a little more. Think, Andy, of the number of hotels that have been built in uh, in St. George and Hurricane and even Laverican and so forth, as far out as that, over the last uh, over the last five to ten years. And on those weekends you mentioned, there's not an available room. Right. Uh, we we had yeah. some some friends come down. They had to stay in Cedar City. There there was not a room to be wow. had. Um, I find, for example, that that uh, when I have family that that wants to come that we can't accommodate, that I I send them to Tuacon to their <laughs> to sign up for their Canyon Suites. You know, they've got the actors there now, which is what the yeah. that that facility was built for. But at the time of year where uh, where the actors are not using those rooms, they have seventy I think seventy four spaces there but even even those fill up on these on these big weekends so yeah it's it's a problem and driving through town is is slow <laughs> on those yeah. weekends right and frustrating i guess we'll throw that word in there as Can well uh, a little bit but uh uh do you 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 talked about water for a minute and i've got to get a break in here in a second but let's talk about water first before we go to break um do you anticipate a time because the growth is accelerated a time soon that we're going to have to have some real restrictions because even if the Lake Powell pipeline comes through, we're talking five to 10 years out before that gets, you know, before that is really finished. Yes. Of course the, the water conservancy district conducts studies regularly um, that are, are population growth oriented in terms of what, what sorts of facilities do we have in place in what time frames to be able to accommodate uh, the population living in, in Washington County. And uh, as recently as a couple of years ago, Andy, uh, the projections that were out there, uh, the anticipation of what, what the county was going to look like in 10 years and what sort of you know, additional reservoirs and plumbing were, were we going to have to have in place for that, I'm sure that that 10-year mark has probably been bumped up to maybe seven now. And so, uh, you know, we're headed to uh, we're headed to a point where where we're going to have to uh, come to an understanding as to whether or not we can create, for example, additional reservoirs for storage in in a rapid enough fashion to accommodate the growth. And when it's determined, whatever point in time that might be out in the future, that we that we simply can't or won't have have the uh, the water availability or the the ability to get water to to uh, certain areas of the county for example uh, then then certainly uh, cities are going to have to look at moratoriums on on development and growth all right and as far as as far as uh, restrictions 
Uh, I think we're going to see restrictions just this, this year because it's been such a serious drought. Because of the drought. Very, very yeah. poor, very, very poor um, water um, uh, availability over the over the last several months. A little bit of good news. There was even today there was snow up in the higher elevations today. So uh, I, I know Brian had got it. Uh, you know, in, in yeah. maybe Pine Valley. I haven't looked at Pine Valley. I don't know if there's snow up there or not. But uh, we'll take every snowflake and every drop we can get. For sure. He's Mayor Chris Hart. i got to take a break, and we'll have more with Mayor Hart and your phone calls. By the way, a couple of people called while we were talking. I didn't get them. And, uh, but if you want to call back, folks, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, real quick, uh, Joe Shoney. Joe Shoney is a dedicated loan consultant with solid experience in home loan origination. Uh, he is ready to meet the needs of the community and demonstrate why so many clients have put their trust in new American funding over the years. Joe Shoney wants to take care of you, and he'll uh, include you every step of the way instead of just telling you, hey, be here at such and such a time. He is a customer service specialist. His name is Joe Shoney. His phone number is 435-590-6300. Online with uh, over 500 reviews, his average is an astonishing 4.96 out of 5 stars. That's why you need to call him, 435-590-6300. Welcome back to the show with Mayor Chris Hart from Ivan City. Uh, kind of a short note, I have another mayor scheduled. Uh, Chris takes his turn, but I think I don't know if I jumped the gun on your turn or not, but it's sure good to have you here, man. <laughs> Anytime, Andy. Thanks for coming in. Uh, let's see, come to the phone lines. Hey, uh, Seth, what's up today? My grandson is a student at Tuacon, and I didn't hear it from him but they're under the impression that uh, the school, the charter school there, has been something has happened and that they're going to have to build a new school and maybe relocate. I'd just like to verify if any of that is true and uh, some information about the relationship between Tuacon as a business and the charter school. So I've not heard... Uh anything about uh, about relocating the school i'm quite sure that that's uh, a rumor out there um as far as the relationship between uh between the uh, tuacon center for the performing arts and the school they are all under a single umbrella but the but the high school uh, operates independently however it's governed by the same board of directors as uh, as is the center, the center for the performing arts, so um, what should we call them? Kind of a married couple, joint operating agreement. Joint operating, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it, I mean, it, it's all under the the Tuacon umbrella, and certainly they're intended to to be supportive of of each other, and, and the facilities certainly do that. Um, but no, I I can't imagine Tuacon High School. <laughs> For the performing arts, relocating when, when they have such a, an incredible facility right there in Padre Canyon. The, my perception is maybe I'm wrong here, but they they control how many kids they let come to their school, right? They they have a choice. You can apply, and they can let you in or not let you in. Is that true? Yes, I mean they are they're governed by, uh, by the state school board or whatever the entity is that that governs that. So they have to have facilities to accommodate. Uh, the number of, of students that they uh, that they allow in, and I think they go through either a, a lottery or some kind of a qualification thing. So it, it, um, applica- applications are taken up to some certain point, and then they're reviewed, and and uh, the number of students that they're permitted to have are then selected. All right, let's go back to the phone lines. Hey, you're on with Andy with Mayor Hart. How are you? Hi, Mayor. Hey, Andy. How you doing? Good. Hi. 
Hey, so when it comes to black, is it Black Desert Resort that they're developing right there off the Snow Kenya Parkway? Yes. Uh-huh. Is that the name of it? Correct. So I guess my question is, I saw that they had asked for a $44 million from Ivan City or some type of tax incentive breaks for the developer. If they were if they were not to get that bond or the tax break, would they have the money to finish that development? Uh, the answer the answer to that is yes. the the okay. reason The reason they approached the city and the county uh, and the school district uh, for that, um, if you want to call it public assistance, it's actually what's called tax increment financing, wherein um, they uh, the entities that are uh, that would participate give up um, some of the the tax revenue that they would receive in this case would be over a 10 year period uh, so that the facility can be enhanced in areas where they don't have access to, uh, to private financing. In this case, that amounts to uh, an underground uh, parking terrace so that uh, we wouldn't have a massive uh, uh, surface parking lot uh, to look at. And uh, their intent is to, to build a culinary and shopping village over the parking terrace, so it's been uh, it's been misunderstood because it's very complicated. Um, we haven't had any experience with uh, with what's what's called um, uh, a, a CRA, a, a community reinvestment uh, area, or uh, the other one is called a public infrastructure district. And I'll take just a half a second to explain the difference because both of those. Uh, are requested in this uh, in this forty plus million dollar um, uh, tax incre- increment financing. The public the public infrastructure district uh, creates an area on the the site itself. So it's only those who buy into the project itself would voluntarily pay an additional uh, one point in uh, mill levy mill levy on their property tax. So that is solely funded from within. It's basically someone who buys a, a nightly rental unit in there agrees that they're going to pay whatever it's going to be, 6, 6% instead of 5% for, for rough numbers in property tax. The other uh, part of that, the community reinvestment area, that is different in that the, uh, the county, the school district, and the city would participate at, the, the, at their percentage levels that they receive property tax. So much of that goes to the school district and then the county and the city. The city's obligation would, would be roughly $5 million of that, $3 million of which would re- be returned to the city by, this is by state statute, uh, in the form of uh, moderate income housing revenue for the city to, to develop um, uh, facilities or, or um land uh, land areas set aside for for that specific use um, and then over a period of time the difference in the sales tax and the property tax generated by the additional facilities that they're able to do with that financing end up um, being um, in this case significantly higher than they would be otherwise so that's what the that's what the city's looking at None of us uh, on the city council have had any experience with this, so the city has retained both a legal and a finance expert in the, in this area, and those folks are are reviewing all of the the requests 
and then uh, advising the, the city council as to whether or not uh, there is, in fact, a real benefit to the city. Uh, so far, it's still under discussion. The council's being extraordinarily careful about this because of the fact that it's a, it's a, it's a big investment, and, uh, and we want to represent the interests of our, of our residents uh, properly. But that is really what, it, what it's all about. The, the underground parking uh, a garage, if you want to call it that, is is an is something that is kind of non-revenue producing and so the the private bond market doesn't respond to that and that's that's why they're looking for private help but the answer to the first part of your question is Black Desert Resort is underway they have as i understand it 750 uh pre-sale ag- agreements if you will in place so it's going to happen and uh and i think the big question is for Ivan's residents um are, do we want to see the cars underground, uh, knowing that we, we would have to go through this process to achieve that, or, um, or are we okay with, with them being up on the surface? The other part of this, Andy, if, if just to add one quick component. Okay. The developer is, is uh, offering to create a 200-acre um, easement, if you will, a conservation easement, in that in that beautiful black lava area, if they can get the parking underground, otherwise they've got to use a, a bit of that for for parking and for the development to spread out further across more more land there in in that beautiful lava field. Okay, hey, we're uh, down to the last minute. Uh, I want to get this call in before we go. Uh, yeah, go ahead. We're down to about a minute. Hello. Yeah, go ahead. Hi, uh, I'm a long-term resident of Ivan's. Uh, I have one question. Uh, the road between Vail and Gunlock, where you go off the hill off of Vail and it goes up a canyon, I believe it's called Racer Canyon, goes all the way up to Enterprise. Why don't they dam that up and use that water? Uh, that's a good question. I'll take it to the water district, and, <laughs> and we'll <laughs> let you know. Yeah, well, okay, have, very good. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. We're down to the uh, final seconds. Mayor, first of all, thanks for coming in. Uh, and spending a little bit of time with us. It's always a pleasure. Uh, if you guys uh, uh, met Mayor Hart, he looks like he's about 55. He looks like he's my age, but he's a little bit older than that, folks, but uh, <laughs> always does a great job. Thank you, Chris. Thank you very much. Great to talk to you today. Uh, 9.59 on KDXU. Open line Friday tomorrow. You can uh, get it off your chest if you want on tomorrow's show. Give me a call then. All right, now let's uh, set aside for news.